D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. All right, welcome to the D&D Character Lab, a show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. Compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content, and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It's then up to us to use our charisma modifiers to convince one another that our baby is better. I'm Garen. And I'm Dan. Now, Dan, before we get started on episode six, can I talk to you for a moment about episode five? It was heated. That hurt. You and I wrestled in the mud. It was bullshit. It was bullshit. You're saying it again. But man, Dan, Dan, I I, I don't want this between us. You You know know? what? I mean, you and I are about to walk into the tomb of annihilation together. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't bring me down today because I am thrilled about the release of Tomb of Annihilation yesterday. And and you're feeling good about your new character coming in? Yeah, I actually feel like this character is pretty well suited for the tomb. So we shall see. All right, well, um, Dan, I think this is going to be a first in many ways. My character this week is setting an all-time record for something that's hap- never happened on Character Lab. Worst character? You might be right. Well, we're going to find out. Okay. So, um, who do you have for your six-level character that's going to be delving into the Tomb of Annihilation? Many, many years ago, a powerful wizard, very high-standing in Waterdeep, went out and he was touring the countryside, maybe to find himself, maybe to... Uh, learn more about the world of Faerun around him. And he came upon a township of Firbolgs, which are very nature-oriented people, large but docile for the most part. And he met a young a young Firbolg, a little boy, that he thought had wonderful potential, a strong mind. And he took that back him back with him because, I don't know, his parents didn't care. Irrelevant. Adopted him. Brought him back to Waterdeep with him, where he, where he introduced him to his own blood daughter. And that little boy, Furbog, and that daughter grew up together as wizards, as friends. Of the coast. As siblings. <laughs> and this boy became fascinated with knowing why his father, his adopted father, knew he had such potential. So he wanted to know more about the future. So he practiced divination magic. But his sister was a powerful evocation wizard, you know, throwing fireballs and stuff. So he learned a few of those spells as well. And this boy, while most Furbolgs tend to take a name of the world around them, more of a nickname, he calls himself Son of Hammon because Hammon is his father. And Adelia is his sister. And Son of Hammon grew up, and with his connection to nature, he sensed a great unease in the peninsula of Chult. And so he's journeying to Chult to find out what is causing this wasting disease? What is causing the undead to rise from their graves? And see if he can seek out the answer. So he's got a pretty good idea of what's going on in Chult already. He knows something's wrong. And he is a Waterhavian noble as his background. He is very high standing in Waterdeep. He is lawful good, of course. I'm doing back-to-back lawful good characters. But this is a sweet little boy that grew up to be a powerful mental wizard. Okay. Well, let me introduce you to Romero Salazar. Ooh! He is a human druid. That's a saucy name. He's a Turami human with a charlatan background, six level, obviously. And uh, he actually comes from this band of tomb raiders, but he was actually the 
most prominent, most successful Tomb Raider in his band. Nobody so it was really... him and then like Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Laura Croft was somewhere down in, in... I mean, this guy, Angelina Jolie on crack. How does Romero look in tight shorts? Oh, man. This guy? With a name like Romero Salazar, you better be sexy. And I can assure you, if I it's were to do... It's been a while since artist... you've had a sexy character. I know, yeah. I think it was episode two. I was feeling rather I'm sexy. I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay, so sexy druid. Sexy druid. Um, nobody really knows why he's so sex- successful because he... <laughs> no one knows why he's so sexy. Either. Yes, nobody knows why he's so sexy or successful because he tends to go off on these Tomb Raid missions by himself. And they're... A couple of his companions do say at some point that he actually shifts into a different creature. Um, mm. But nobody is able to confirm that for certain. And so he is um, heading to Cholt because he was in a, in a tavern speaking with his Tomb Raider buddies. And he mentioned that one of his friends in Cholt had, had said that there is a tomb there that has one of the most valuable unrated treasures known to man. Now I have to ask, the shifting into another creature thing, are you hinting at something else or his friends just don't know he's a druid? His friends do not know he's a druid. Okay, because you mentioned he was a druid, so I didn't know if you had something else up your sleeve here. No, his, his friends do not know. Uh, he keeps his close to the chest. And they are not proficient in insight. No. Okay, so we've got Romero versus Son of Hammond, and we're about to head into our scoring criteria. You can get a minus two to a plus two. We got our persuasion checks. Calling it right now. What do you think? You gonna do this? Are you winning this one? You win in chapter six? Romero is I mean, that's like Zorro. No, no, that's a, you can't just it sounds the same. That doesn't mean anything. I like also, to, Zorro was not a Tomb Raider. I like you're to, just you're just drawing false comparisons. I like now. to I like to name drop. It helps with the X Factor a little bit. I think Romero's got this in the bag. Son of Hammond's like a shaman, which is magic, and he's gonna win. It also sounds like a slice of ham. Okay. So uh, what do you got for head bashing? Head bashing. Now, I have a quarterstaff as a wizard. And I carry he carries it with him at all times. And this mighty quarterstaff with its one d six or possibly one d eight if he uses both hands, plus two damage, mind you. Does he use both hands? Usually, I'm arguing a minus one. I think I can deliver some amount of damage. I am not at a complete lack for melee. Um, I'm not going to argue with you there. Minus one's fair. I'm arguing a plus one. I have a plus two strength modifier. I have plus five on attack uh, with a scimitar. 1d6 plus two. I'm also going to bring in Thorn Whip into this because even though it is a magic spell, Uh um, this does occur in a melee attack if I have a, uh, a vine or something that you would find in the jungle to use in an attack. So... So you have to cast the spell and then make the melee attack? Well, it's sort of a melee spell. It's a melee spell. So it's still burninating. Mm, tough, because I, you, 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 you didn't let me use that last week in burninating. So I need, to, I need to kind of find your definition of where this falls, because I'm not having another... Tell me this. Tell me this. Now with the paladin, you swung the sword and you did the damage on top of it. Correct. This is casting a spell and just doing the damage. Correct then that, to me, is magic damage, which burninating is magic damage. Fair. So you just have a scimitar with a plus two strength modifier? Yes. I have a quarterstaff with a plus two strength modifier. If I get a minus one, you get a minus one. All right, fine. Fair. So Romero, as he's raiding these tombs, is he packing two handguns? Does he even have a crossbow? What's going on here? So he does carry a longbow. Um, So I'm going to argue a plus one for this category. Um, I get plus two on the attack, 1d8 plus two piercing damage. 
Um, but I do have proficiencies in a dart, a sling, a javelin, pretty good array of uh, ranged weapons. But you'd have to come upon those. All you have is the longbow. That's correct. I'll give you a zero because that's one attack, basically. Yeah. I'd... That's actually, you know, it's almost the same argument as melee at this point. Fair. But with your extra proficiencies, I'll give you the zero. Fair. What do you take? What are you getting? Do you remember what I said last week? About just forgetting ranged? That, that it's irrelevant. That no one likes range anymore. Oh, yeah. I forgot that it's it's out. It's you ever out known a season. wizard to shoot a bow? So what are you arguing? I'm just going to take my minus two. Okay, we'll move and on. And play the long game. Burninating. Well, I, uh, I'm i going to start this because I have a feeling your list is quite long. So I have Thorn Whip. Uh-huh. Call Lightning. 3d10 on a failed deck save. Uh-huh. Uh, flame Blade. Flaming Sphere. Good five or six more in there that I could list off, but... So you're feeling plus two. Plus two, easy. Plus two, you got a lot of a lot of spells Druids there. Druids have a great amount of spells at their disposal. Call of Lightning, a lot of damage there. Sure. I think I get a plus two as well, all right? So, I mean, if you want to argue this, we can, but I've got Thunderclap and Frostbite as cantrips. Use them all the time I want. I also took Snillox, Snowball, Storm. Can we say, what was that? Snillox, Snowball, Storm. Do you need a Kleenex or? Snillox from the Elemental Evil. It's 3d6 damage. And I've got Melf's meteor <laughs> is that is that one of your fetish sites what is that <laughs> melf you don't know melf melf has all the best spells he's got a poison spell poison arrows melf's meteors i'm you, saying meteors i melf's think minute i meteors. think we need to, i think we need to just turn this into a mother goose podcast the old triple point. m okay all right <laughs> okay. i'm bringing the triple m let me talk to you about the triple m I this cast... doesn't add your x factor for the record just it... because you're coming up with little cliche wait to hear the spell though imagine this all right, so this this chubby, docile-looking Furbolg makes six meteors appear over the battlefield, okay? That's the end of his action. On following turns, as a bonus action, he can call one or two of them down to a spot. They gotta make a dex save, 2d6 damage for each meteor he brings down. Is there any reason that you would only call one? Maybe you only got one guy over there, you only wanna do 2c6 damage to him. All right. You got two guys, you throw both at him. That's 12d6 potential damage on this spell. I just wanted to lay out how cool of a spell that was. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to argue a plus two on a wizard. I mean... So we're going plus two on both plus sides. Plus two on both sides. These are his evocation spells. He really, uh, you know, he expended all of his power there. And so, talk control. Now, I'm a divination wizard. So, I have got a couple interesting things when it comes to control. I have got... Now, first of all, my divination ability I get at level two is called Portent. Now, what I do is, after a long rest, I roll two d20s. I write down those numbers, and then at any point for the rest of that day, if I don't use them, I lose them. Any roll for attack, for saves, or for ability checks, myself, my friends, or enemies, I can impose one of these numbers in exchange. So if I roll a one, I'm the bad guy. I roll a 20, that's for my boy. It could be Romero as he plays his cards right. You know, so that's that's an ability I have there. I also have clairvoyance, where I could effectively see what's on the other side of the door. Either see or hear. I have to choose one. May I just say that that ability that you had mentioned before sounded very important? It sure is. It's worth the plus two when it comes to control. And I have message, where I can whisper a message that no one else can hear to my friend. Maybe it's Romero, talking about how sexy he is. Could be talking about Melfs. Talking about Melfs. <laughs> And I have Hidden Step as a Furbolg ability. Are you a creepy wizard? I'm not a creepy wizard. I'm a, I'm a friendly guy who's only... He just... He loves his sister. Just in the mouth. All right, so... Um, I get you're a plus arguing two. a plus two? I'm arguing a plus two. I didn't I, even get to tell you what Hidden Step does. Yeah. I turn invisible. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... Don't just say it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, cool. I mean, you, you have you have a great amount of stuff there. Plus two is, is definitely fair. 
all about them elves. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with plus two as well. I have uh, uh, entangle, hold person, charm person, locate animal or plants, locate object. Pass. Can, you, can you find a tree for me, Romero? I could really use a tree. How's that gonna help you in battle? We talked a little bit. Yeah. Control is more pertaining to battle. I've listed off battle control. You've listed things some good things though. You I've listed some... off battle control things before, and then battle control gets called to question. So I'm giving the full picture of control. Why are you acting like I'm some sort of? We well, if, for the record, because this isn't a visual podcast, Garen keeps tallies on the scores, and I think there might be a little ballot box stuffing going on here. There's not stuffing. I I added up the scores incorrectly in the first game, <laughs> and that was to your negative. That was. That was to your detriment, yes, it, but that it has was, nothing to do with this. Further proving my point. Anyway, uh, so animal messenger, pass without a trace, charm person, locate animal or plants, hold person, entangle. I'm arguing a plus one. I think that that's fair. You caught me off guard on that one. Yeah. You only want a plus one? I'll give it to you. I'll easily give you a plus one. I was right to argue the plus two on that. Okay. Your whole person, you bust that whole person again. All right, so uh, how much of a hit can Romero take? What's his meat shield ability here? Well, he has the ability to shapeshift, as we discussed in a previous episode. Ah, this druid's very tanky. Yeah, so, um, and he's got bark skin and absorb elements. Arguing a plus two. This is a very easy argument. But is he a moon druid or a druid of the land? Druid of the land. Okay, so at level six, his characters that he his monsters that he can turn into are a little bit weaker than a moon druid. True. Which is what my boy Greenbane had. Doesn't make up for the fact that he gets that on top of his regular hit points. Which, Any cure which, spells? Which, by the way, he is 60. Any cure spells? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, lesser restoration, healing word. Well, those are for friends. They are. Those are for, Okay. You asked for healing I spells. did ask you. I asked you a question, and you answered my question. You're arguing... Plus two. Shapeshift, bark skin, absorb elements. There's there's no doubt about it. I've got an AC of 15 and a hit, and 60 total hit points. That's... Is, yeah. He's, he's ah, that's... I mean, the, the shapeshifting, I was so adamant with Green Bane... At level 60, would actually be equal to that, so you could pull off that tiger if you wanted to. Plus two. Romero seems like the kind of guy who would be a tiger. You talking animals at all? You going to tell me what kind of animals he turns into? Maybe later. Okay. Uh, so, wizards have a d6 for health. So I'm going to start my conversation with that. And I do have <laughs> Hidden Step, which... What's your armor class? Just I just want to know what your armor class this is. This is my record. I want to know what your armor class is? Nine? Minus two. Minus one. Minus two. Hidden step. I can turn invisible. I, I you don't, can't even hit me if you can't see me. No. Minus two. An AC of nine. As I once remember you saying, you can shoot an arrow into the sky and it falls on an AC of ten. Minus two. Uh, my, that's an I don't AC sound of, that haughty when I talk. Uh, AC of nine. And uh, I'll let the audience be the judge of that. Did uh, Sardare get a minus two? Absolutely. Okay, I'll take a minus two. <laughs> okay. As long as that's the case. Uh, so my friendship ability, you know what I can do? I mentioned this before. I can whisper messages to my friends. I also have that portent, that important ability. And that is hugely, that, that two, is clutch. Two, two dice, two dice rolls. Clutch. Two dice rolls. What, what are you arguing? I think I deserve a zero. <laughs> no. Yes, I do. No. No, you get a minus one. I also have prepared comprehend languages. You're, you're so listen, I can listen, talk to any of listen, my friends. You're able wherever they're from. I can talk to them. Wow, you're able. I would listen. hope everyone in your party speaks common. <laughs> okay, maybe someone doesn't. Okay, you have the ability to whisper messages. Uh huh. And you have two dice rolls that you can give to people. That's close to nothing. I can also turn invisible. <laughs> it doesn't nothing to do with that's this. confusing. That 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 distracts <laughs> from my friends being attacked. Oh, it distracts your friends. Yes. Minus two. <laughs> oh, 
All right. All right. As far as my friendship ability, I have Cure Wounds, uh, Lesser Restoration, I have Jump, uh, I, I have Dispel Magic, Enhance Ability, Healing Word, Goodberry? Anyone? You Goodberry? Anyone Goodberry? Anyone? And if you're not familiar with Goodberry, it means that I can bring about 10 1 HP berries that um, you can consume as an action at any time. Uh, I just like It also joke. fills you up for the day. Yes. It's nutrient. Yes. I, I just like to I just like to joke about this uh, spell because it's it's really kind of funny. It's one it's HP. A, I think it's the most adorable spell. It is. It's very cute. So uh, and then I also have feign death. So plus two. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I I mean I think we saw how good Greenbane was. I think druids are just fantastic. They're a great class. Does anyone not like druids? They're a great class. Um, Alright, you get your plus two. I'm keeping track here and I am blowing you out of the water, by the way. No. Oh. Well, That's not true. What do you got in ability balance, Romero? Um, I'm arguing a plus one. I have a strength of 14, dex of 15, constitution of 14, intelligence of 14, wisdom of 14, charisma of nine. It's a lot of 14s. Oh, you are not friendly. No, no, and that's that's the thing. Um, this is very standoffish. That's why he goes and raids these tombs alone. And he's a bit of a he's a bit of a loner. Though he is, um, he's got great sleight of hand, and and you know he is a good smooth operator. We'll get to that, but. Um, I, as far as interpersonal communications, he comes off as very arrogant, um, yeah. and he's braggadocious, and he does like to go off on his own. He uses this as a defense mechanism to go off on his own and do his druid thing and shapeshift. So um, I am arguing a plus one. So you're saying he's very conflicted. He, he comes off as rude, but he's got a lot of problems. But is he ashamed of his ability to turn into animals? He's no. He uses that to keep himself kind of shrouded in mystery. He doesn't want people to know that he uses magic to to raid these tombs because. They might see that as an unfair advantage. They might see him as a mutant of sorts. So because of that minus one on the charisma... He, he hangs out with a very close-minded group of people. Tomb, I mean, Raiders, in, Tomb Raiders are not exactly the most accepting people. We live in a world where bugbears can be paladins, and this guy is going to get poo-pooed on for being able to turn into a dog or a cat. Let's not forget that Tabaxi can be monk. So yeah, because of that charisma of minus one, I'm, I'm arguing a plus one, just because you know that, that charisma of minus one does kind of hurt in certain areas. So Minus one? No, plus one. Minus one? Plus one. I have 14, 15, 14, 14, 9. Mm. Sorry, 14, 14, 14, 9. <laughs> yeah. A lot of 14s there. 15, 14, 14, 14, You know, 14. here's the thing. We normally argue plus two on ability checks. So that's why you're going to get the plus one on this one. But I, I'm just surprised at what a jerk this is. You've made, a, you've made a super jerk this week. Yes. No surprise. I'm arguing a plus two. You if, look surprised. Okay. Why are you surprised? No, no, no. no. That, if, for, for the listeners, I have an oh, absolutely appalled look on my face. That is not surprise. Strength of 14. Dexterity of 8. He's, he's a bit rotund because he spends his time reading books. Constitution of 12. Intelligence of 16. And wisdom of 16. This is probably the smartest dude we've ever brought to the lab. And an charisma of 11. Uh, he's a little quiet, but he's very polite. And for the listeners, what is the spellcasting modifier of a wizard? It's a, it's a intelligence, so okay. that's a plus three. So that's the ability that matters. Uh, the AC of nine is affected by that dex of eight, so that pulls him back just a little bit, but I still feel like this is a very balanced character. This is a, because because AC has its own category. Um, I don't bring that into. This. You beat me up hard on that. No, I, I don't. I don't bring that into the the overall balance of the character. Dex is not something that wizards are known for. Otherwise, this is a very balanced character. Uh, plus two is absolutely warranted in this case. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So let me start with smooth operator. Now, son of Hammond 
is proficient in persuasion and investigation. He also has the portent. Very important ability. That's why he keeps coming up. Because he can change a couple of roles. Yeah, what what is the ground rule in this podcast for how many times you can bring something up? Because you've got an ability This is the as, fourth time we're bringing it up, so... I mean, this is the avocado of abilities. You can put avocados in everything and it always improves the situation. And this, this portent is avocados. It's also good for you. It's got full of protein. What else do you have? Uh, you want me to go on? Yeah. You don't want any more of this avocado? No. Parallel? Okay. He also has message he has comprehend languages he has identify he has detect magic he has detect thoughts he has locate object he has tongues to, to be fair detect magic and detect thoughts are gonna be out the window for this Just, because you forgot them last week no you threw them out in a in a uh, an I arguably, threw them out in control in an arguably applicable situation so i'm going to throw them out here tongues and clairvoyance okay so what are you plus arguing? two this is a this is a plus two. This is really his strength as so a divination without, wizard. So with, without uh, detect thoughts, detect magic, and uh, portent, list what you have once again. Locate object, tongues, clairvoyance, comprehend languages, identify, message. He also can recover spell slots using arcane recovery. What's your sleight of hand? Expert. Sleight of hand. My sleight of hand check. Minus one. Okay. Because what is of, what is your uh, what is your let's say persuasion is three, hmm. investigation is six, stealth. Irrelevant. Uh, so I think that you are a plus one. This is this is this is concentrating on the positive aspects of charisma. Those other things are supposed to bolster, but because your charisma is a zero modifier, but he's got hidden step. He can turn invisible, which negates the stealth problem. But you have spell slots that you have that you are you are. Are you going to expend a spell slot when you have to role play? When you have to go into battle, when you have an AC of nine and you need all of those spell slots, especially the protective spell I slots. I regain spell slots. With a short rest, I can regain up to three spell with, slots with worth a, of value. With a short rest. And, and as an expert, if I cast a divination spell of two or more, I can recover a spell slot below that automatically. Roll. So I cast a level two. Roll. For the plus two? Roll for the plus two. I need a 17 and I have a zero modifier to charisma. This is a good call on the rolling but I'm going to get it. I've been very lucky with my rolls. This is it. Roll. 17. 16. <laughs> so I got a plus one then. Plus one, yeah. All right. So All right. Uh, I'm arguing a plus two. I have a plus five to perception, plus five to nature, plus two to deception, plus two, I'm sorry, plus seven to initiate initiative rolls. So I get a plus seven to initiative, plus five to intelligence, plus five to sleight of hand. I have a disguise kit, a forgery kit, and I have charm person. <laughs> and what does he turn into? What animals does this guy turn into? You uh, told me nothing. Uh, maybe later. You're, we're almost done with the show. Well, it, it's a it's a challenge rating of one half. So the the animals that he can turn into are not very impressive. Little kitties. <laughs> well, rats. Is he a rat guy? If we Is must, that his problem? If we must return to the kitties. Plus two. Ah, uh, yeah, that was quite. That was an impressive list. You got a lot going on there. You pull out the disguise kit and the forgery kit for crying out loud. How do you have both of those? Because you're a tomb raider. Yeah, tomb raider, baby. Ah. Uh. So, as far as the negative aspects of my charisma, I'm arguing a zero. I have a plus two to strength, plus two to athletics. Wait, 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 wait. You said all that, but he is terribly uncharismatic. Correct. And if, if, if my dexterity was a problem for the plus one, then him being so arrogant and such a jerk is a problem. No, it's not. It is. Should I list this again? Disguise I want you to roll on this one. Because you have a negative one modifier. You need an 18. He forgot he had the roll, though. You need an 18. He forgot he had that roll, though. 
say that. Yeah, there it is. Right, plus one. Then. Plus one. Plus one. Now he's actually erasing it. He had a plus two down. <laughs> now you can go on. So the to negative aspect. Four spitting fire. Yeah, the 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 spitting fire here. Um, arguing to zero. I have a plus two to strength, plus two athletics, plus two acrobatics. I mean, you know, he's he's got he's a tomb raider. He's got more of that finesse. He's more of a smooth operator. Not really spitting too much fire. So that's a negative one. You just got a couple ability modifiers there. You don't really have anything else to get yourself out of a mix. Okay. What do you have? What do I have? I have tongues. I can speak any language I want. I also have the meteor storm. Speaking any language you want is not spitting fire. That's I just spitting words. I can talk trash <laughs> in any language. Spitting words. So I can tell you what I think of you and your patchy beard. So what an elvish, <laughs> gnomish, draconic, abyssal, celestial, dwarvish, Keep common, it. undercommon. Not, no. What else do you have? <clears throat> um, hidden step. <laughs> I can turn invisible. Yeah, negative two. Uh, not applicable. Either one. Thank you very much. Negative one, negative two. So for the X Factor, why would someone want to play Son of Hammy Man? Son of Hammond. Son of Hammond is a unique character to play. Now, this is a character that is only going to get better with time. Not everybody wants to create a character that goes in there and just does as much damage as possible, runs through all the foes. This is a character that I set out to create that would be a little bit more interesting out of combat, a little bit more unique, and finding ways around problems that are not typical to day-to-day -day gameplay. I'm not just rolling an investigation check. I have all sorts of spells I can call on to to answer my questions. And That's what makes him unique. Yeah, and I, I will say this. Uh, what I like about the wizard class is that they always seem a little bit quirky because they don't, they're not in the mix of combat. Um, you know, for instance, your character has an AC of nine. I know I brought it up several times, but it does make you sort of re-strategize, you know, your game plan, which, you know, it, it makes for a really fun game. Um, I... Why somebody would want to play Romero Salazar is, you know, you've got kind of a sociopathic Tomb Raider guy, you know, thinks he's a very smooth operator. He's very good at raiding tombs. However, his interpersonal skills, he purposefully keeps people at arm's length, you know, in order to do his job and shape shift and get into tight spaces and uh, make sure to rob those tombs. So I, I think this would make for, you know... A, a fun character that, you know, will not be able to just talk his way out of anything. You know, he just sort of have to shapeshift and do his thing, so. You still never really talk to us about what animals he can turn into. I mean, you, you know, you can go to your, your player's handbook, look up any challenge rating of one half. I mean, there's really not anything that's... Is it boar? What is it? What are you so ashamed of, Romero? Romero would probably turn into a crocodile. I know this is something that uh, you... No, you can't. You gotta be in the water. Oh, you can at level six. Sure. Um, you know, and he can go below. He can turn into a frog if he needs to get into a tight spot. Um, Crocodile and frog. That's what you've got going for we're you. We're going to Chult. Which are two rivals of the Animal Kingdom. He's actually only able to shapeshift into one, so he would he would be a crocodile. Always a crocodile. He's a crocodile. Uh, apparently. Cold-blooded. Never tips. Never reaches for... It sounds like Never you've already... Never reaches for his wallet. It sounds like you've already added up the scores. I have added up the scores. What do you got? And let me just say one more time how cool Son of Hammond is. As he loses we, this game... We did this. You're going to yell at me? Are you going to yell at me again? What do you got? You, Romero, got a seven, and I got a negative two. Oh. Would have been a zero if we 
Hadn't got rid of ranged because that's a useless category. <laughs> Next week for level seven, we're going to do our first episode where our characters will be multi-classed. They will be level seven characters, but we can split it up any way we want with two different classes. And I'm already feeling good about it. Haven't even begun to think about it. But you know what? Once again, we're tied three to three and I can't let that stand. Well, Tomb of Annihilation is out. If you are reading it, if you're into it, let us know your thoughts. Let us know the characters you're creating for the campaign. We would uh, love to talk about them, and we still want you to come and hang out at our place. We'll give you all of our information. And I'm Dan. And I'm Garen. Have a great week. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.